Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, March 21st, 2021. Big show coming up for you tonight. Former WFAN columnist for the New York Islanders, Andy Graziano, will be joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well, Sean. How's everything with you? You're buddy? doing well again. That's yes. good to hear. I'm glad you're well. What would you like me to say? I, no, that's fine. I'm glad that you're well. You're very consistent. I'm great. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about right there. I love it. Tony the Tiger. Tony very the good. Tiger, everyone. Very good. All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night. And why? Another big show coming up. I want to remind you all that we are happily sponsored by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great people, and great service. Make sure to check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. Mm-hmm. We're also happily sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call. At 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. So, Christian, the Isles dropped two in a row to start the week. One to the Caps, one to the Flyers. Then they redeemed themselves last night. Big, big trouncing of the Flyers to get back off the schneid, right? Uh, unfortunately, they, they fell off the top of the league. That's no longer the case. It was last week. Right. It's not anymore. It's not anymore. The, uh, the point streak's over, the winning streak's over, but at least they got back on track last night. What do you say, CA? Well, technically, if you go by some people's calendar, the week starts on Sunday, so they started the week on a good note because they won on Sunday. The Hockey Night in New York week <laughs> begins on Monday, typically, because we do the show Sunday night. So uh, I'm pretty sure the listeners understand that. You know, following along when, when we talk about the week, it's it's the week because we already talked about last Sunday's I'm game. So saying. why would we reiterate? I'm just saying, you didn't have to say, Christian. The calendar technically goes. Well, thank thank goodness you cleared that up. Thank you. And now that's what now I we're have not to confused say, anymore because I'm CA. You are CA. That's true. No, but yeah, it, it, very very interesting week for the New York Islanders. <laughs> Certainly. Yes. One that's yeah. brought out the fire and brimstone part of the fan base during the middle of the week when they lost to the Washington Capitals and the Philadelphia Flyers the first time, then getting back on track with a six-goal night against the Philadelphia Flyers again at home on Coliseum Ice in front of a sold-out crowd of 1,400 people. Yeah. Scoring all over the place, a, a, a huge night for Thomas Hickey. Obviously, there's no question he is the, the real story of the week. And certainly... Hint, hint. I said story of the week. No, nah, and I said hint, hint. Right. I wonder what you could be hinting. Ah, who knows? We'll find out. But certainly the, the big story was Thomas Hickey's return, the emotion, emotions behind it, the, the way he persevered to get back into the Islanders lineup. And obviously, too, the interesting question of when is Noah Dobson ever going to come off the COVID protocol list and get back into the Islanders lineup. But certainly now yeah. has to be a bit of a concern if you're not only the, the Islanders and, and the fans, but just anyone who cares about Noah Dobson because certainly he's been on the list now. It's been since last Sunday? I want to say, or, two, or I, yeah, it was the same day for Pajot and right. Dobson. I believe it was Sunday. So it's been about so. six days now, almost seven days that he's been on the pro, the COVID protocol list. Certainly, 
raises some some questions and concerns, not only just about his ability to get back in the lineup, but his overall health, which um, obviously is the bigger issue there in the, in the grand scheme of things. But right. Thomas Hickey coming in after after Sebastian Ajo did a, a, a good job of filling in, in Noah Dobson's spot yeah. for the most part, give Thomas Hickey a chance to get back into the lineup, and certainly he made the most of that opportunity to assist on the night in a very emotional game for him. Yeah, I'm not sure many of us saw it coming. I was even surprised when I guess I think it was Brian Compton the game before where he might I mean, he might have jumped the gun thinking he was going to be in the in the lineup that night. It didn't end up happening. He ends up coming in last night, and I think Hickey probably fell off a lot of our radars. At least he fell off of mine. It seemed like he was probably just going to be, you know, a real emergency taxi squad guy. You know, if like a couple of guys went down, maybe you see him get in, and he gets in, and which is great to see. I mean, I mean. If you watch these broadcasts, and even even previous to that, just over the course of his career as an Islander, people have had nothing but just fantastic things to say about him. You know, not only the hockey player that he is, but the human being, the individual that he is. And, you know, it was great to get him back in, and he gave a great interview after the game. And just, um, you know, I suppose how, how um, candid he was about his emotions and how he felt and what it meant to him to get back in the lineup and, and the fact that he was able to get on the score sheet and contribute. So it'll be interesting to see if... You know, he gets another one in there, you know, because he was so comfortable in the last game. I think it's it raises that question for sure, because not only do you have to think about, all right, is, is, is Thomas Hickey now someone that should be back in the forefront of our minds? And, and in fairness, when you think about his career and you think about the experience that he has, it certainly would make the, make mo- the most sense for anyone who's just a casual observer of the New York Islanders, because Thomas Hickey, for, the, for a long time, was a mainstay in the Islanders' blue line. Oh, yeah. And so he has a couple concussions. He gets, obviously... Can't crack his way back into the lineup uh, in a more prominent spot after the Devon, after the first concussion in 2019. Devontae comes in, he gets called up. He never leaves the lineup after that. And then you right. had, uh, you know, he, he kind of loses that spot going forward. Doesn't get into any more games. He has another concussion concussion issue last year. Only plays about yeah, 14 games in in AHL Bridgeport. And it, it, things just haven't gone his way. Obviously, also dealing with a lot of off the ice issues. His brother passing away from an aggressive form of brain cancer that was certainly yeah. uh, a hard thing for not only Thomas Hickey, but the entire Hickey family. And interestingly enough, he gets back into an NHL game the same month, a, a year to the month that his brother had passed away. So a lot of emotions in that game, but it raises the question now, do you give Thomas Hickey another chance to get back into the lineup on Monday when the Islanders play Philadelphia for a third time now in Philadelphia at this point as they begin to get set on some get set on some sort of road trip. We don't know what's going to happen going forward. We know the Boston game on Tuesday isn't happening. The NHL canceled that because of COVID issues right. in Boston. The <clears throat> Thursday game against the Bruins now up, up in the air. But do you give Thomas Hickey another chance to get back in the lineup? Not only because he's a guy that's certainly shown that he deserves that opportunity, but because he's also someone whose name has been kind of bantered about a number of times in, in any sort of trade scenario. The Islanders obviously need to clear up some more cap space potentially if they can going forward. And Thomas Hickey has a couple of years left on his contract. So this is, could this be an opportunity to not only showcase his talent, give him a chance to, to succeed and help the team right now, but also is it an opportunity to kind of show other teams why they'd want Thomas Hickey as part of a, a, a trade that could bring in a Kyle Palmieri or a Taylor Hall or someone else. Well, I think with the way you teed that up, Christian, I think there's a lot of positives in, in that thinking, in that line of thinking. If, if Dobson isn't good to go whenever the next game may be, right, well, it looks like we're going to be fine versus Philadelphia. Right. They'll play that game. Right. 
L- let's just assume that Dobson's going to continue on the COVID. It list. seems like Dobson's. Not, I mean, this is he's yeah. on the he was on the tonight Sunday when we do the show. He's on the COVID protocol list for another night, another day. So you, it's hard to imagine at this point that he would come off tomorrow at the at the earliest. I would say maybe sometime in the middle of the week. It would seem like okay. If so I'm with, taking guesses. Sure. So with that line of thinking, you know, and and like most NHL head coaches. You know, they don't really like to change things when things are going well, right? And you can't do much better than a 6-1 win against a division rival like last night. Right, yeah. And Those are big points, too. Yeah, and I don't think there was anything that I saw from Thomas Hickey that made me say, mm, might want to go back to Ajo. I mean, the two assists aside, you know, let's say he didn't get on the score sheet. I think he still acclimated himself well for, for being out of an NHL game for so long. I still think he performed well. I still think he was fine. And so I say, yeah, keep him in. And if you want to get a little more, you know, I guess creative, so to speak, you know, with with how this also could benefit the Islanders mm-hmm. if it does, you know, come to that, you know, trade discussion, right? Where he could end up being a guy that can help out another team because, look, he just he just fell down the death chart, man. The Islanders just had guys that were not only ahead of him but also that just they just stayed healthy, and he obviously didn't. So it was tough to get him back in. I don't think yeah. I don't think we thought it was going to go this long without him getting back in there, you know. But because they maintain their health, because the guys above him were playing well, even Andy Green when he came over in that trade, right? You know, he, so, he had that chemistry with Dobson. Yep. So it was just you know kind of like Aho. I mean, that guy was waiting forever too. You know, so yeah. he, he finally gets in. He looks good, and whether it's going to be for the benefit of just getting him in the rotation in case they do need him further down the road, if 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 knock on wood, somebody else does happen to go down, right. With an injury, at least he's he's already ahead of the game. He's getting he's getting his reps in, right? And then if if Lou is looking to get creative to make a deal, and maybe he can throw him in to help out another team to to bring over you know a, a top nine forward, then all the better. So I think there's plenty of reasons, like you said, to to keep him in the lineup. And I think obviously it's a small sample size. You get one game; it was a very emotion, emotional game for Thomas Hickey. So he's going to get a you you know you got the best effort you could have asked for in that yeah, situation. Yeah, he was he was ready but to go. You could almost make the argument that. His effort, his performance on Saturday, maybe forces Lou Lamorell and the Islanders to rethink their decision making as far as pending trades. Like, mm-hmm. does his play now? It's again, it's one game. I get it, just but just for the yeah, sake of I the think argument, you keep that in mind. Just for the sake of the argument, sure. though, do you, does it make you possibly rethink a little bit where you put him as far as guys you want to trade or possibly consider trading in a bigger deal. Obviously, Leo Komarov's contract is really a big albatross on the New York Islanders right now. Thomas Hickey, also his contract, hurts yeah. them a little bit as, as, as of right now. If he's not going to play. If yeah. he's not going to play, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of money to be sitting on the sitting on the sidelines. Right. So it certainly raises that question. Then, too, someone asked me today on Twitter about if Noah Dobson, if one Noah Dobson's healthy, he would put Andy. He would put Thomas Hickey in for Andy Green. Now that's the one thing I would kind of push back on because mm. I think that Andy Green and Noah Dobson have created a really great chemistry together, yeah. and I think the role that Andy Green has played in mentoring Noah Dobson has been huge in his development. And I don't know if I'd want to change that. So again, it creates the situation where it's tough to get Thomas Hickey back into the lineup. So even if we we could say that Hickey should be in the lineup until <clears throat> Dobson comes back over Sebastian Ajo or or you know potentially another defender that gets in there. But after that, it's probably going to go back to Hickey and Ajo on the taxi squad. Well, maybe one option it does create that's kind of a hybrid of that is maybe you don't 
fully replace Andy Green with Thomas Hickey, but let's say he does stick around. He's not thrown into a trade. Maybe what you can do is with this condensed schedule and you look at Andy Green's age, right. maybe you just kind of say to yourself, hey, we can give Hickey a look every now and then next to Dobson. We can put him in every now and then just to spell Green, maybe keep him a little more fresh when the postseason comes around. True, but uh, you've never gotten the sense from Andy Green this season that he's uh – he he needs that time off for even for his his age Only halfway through his his age fair enough but even considering his age right now in the NHL he still yeah. looked pretty solid every game despite the condensed schedule sure uh, just throwing out another option you know we'll we'll find out when Barry Trotz makes the decisions <laughs> but it's just something to consider but speaking of uh, options and considerations we have to consider a break okay right now because Andy Graziano is going to join us to keep this conversation going so folks thank you so much for tuning in to Twitch.tv/HockeyNightNY and thank you for listening on all your favorite podcast platforms we will be right back. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800, that's 516-856-7800, or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com, that's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. The only thing better than a Great Long Island Deli is a Great Long Island Deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are watching Hockey Night New York on twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And joining us right now on the line, brought to you by Thai Technology, is none other than Andy Graziano. Andy, great to have you back on the show. How you been, bud? Hey guys, I'm well. How are you guys? Thanks for having me back on. Doing great. Pleasure to have you on. And just before you came on, we were actually talking about one Mr. Thomas Hickey, I believe number 34 now on the New York Islanders. That he is. So I thought we would pick it up there and just get your assessment of his brief look last night against the Flyers in the 6-1 drubbing that it was, (laughs) and what it could mean for him, I guess, going forward, whether that's Sticking in the lineup for a little while, whether that's maybe being a potential trade piece. What do you think about Thomas Hickey, Andy? You know, um, 
I, I think the story of Thomas Hickey, as Arthur and others have put out there so brilliantly, um, it kind of makes it a feel-good story, right? How, how can you not feel good for this guy? And, and it just goes to show you the his professionalism and his class being able to come in like that um, after, what was it, two years, I believe, of not playing a game um, and put forth a performance that he did both on both ends of the rink, actually, uh, defensively and offensively. Um, we know that he scored some big goals for this team in the past, specifically some big overtime goals, yeah. some playoff goals. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those stories that makes you feel really good. And I think it, it goes back to the genius of Barry Trotz, right? Um I personally didn't think that Sebastian Ajo played that poorly, considering that he as well didn't play a game in in a year or two. Um, I thought he came in and did quite admirably under those circumstances. And there's Barry Tross just pulling a rabbit out of a hat, you know, sensing that his team needed a little bit of an uplift after the the loss to the Flyers uh, previously. Puts Thomas Hickey in there, and what happens? They come out and they just totally blow the gates off the Flyers, which lately, to be honest, hasn't been too hard to do. Um, we, <laughs> saw what the Rangers, we saw what the Rangers did to them, and I'll tell you, I almost bit the bullet on that one big time because it was seven nothing, and I'm sitting next to my son, my wife's on the chair watching, and we're all watching the game, and they're Ranger fans, as everybody right, right. by now knows fully. <laughs> Let's put that out there. Let's just get it over with. Um, and I tweeted, I said to my son, I said, watch this, I, and, and I tweeted, if the Rangers get to ten. I'll put your Panarin jersey on, and I'll make that my profile oh, wow. picture for a month. Tweeted that out. Within two minutes, it was 8 nothing. It was 9 nothing. I was like, oh, man, I bit off more than I can chew here. <laughs> How much were you sweating when it got to 9 nothing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just fig- look, I figured they would go into dump and chase mode in the third, and that's sure. exactly what they did. So um, the Rangers actually saved me, believe it or not, as strange as that sounds. Well, lucky <laughs> for you that didn't happen. But I- I'll be honest with you, Andy, I kind of would have enjoyed that. Not for nothing. <laughs> yeah, Especially if it made its would, way onto social media. As would others. As would others. <laughs> well, I don't know how to stick to it, right? I mean, in this day, day and age of social media, everyone's taking screenshots. and Yeah, yeah. I, I would have been held to the fire on Gotta that. Gotta be a man of your word. Absolutely. So yep. another thing we, we were considering is, is because of the performance that Hickey had last night, and under the assumption that Dobson stays out under this COVID protocol, is he, is he somebody you're comfortable sticking in the lineup there? Do you want to see them go back to Ajo? What do you think? Um, at this point, why not run Hickey out there a couple? I mean, after the performance he put in last night, why not run him out? Run him out a couple more games. Um, I think him and Aho are probably interchangeable at this point. I, I can't see that you're going to get much from one that you wouldn't get out of the other, and vice versa. So, I mean, I think at this point, it's it's kind of all who Barry is going to be more comfortable with at the given moment when he makes his lineup. But I just can say this with confidence. I don't want to see Leo Komarov on the first line with Matt Barzal and, <laughs> Why Matt not? and Jordan Everly. Why Come not? On, stop. Let's not. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's almost to me like what I said earlier in the season when they were running uh, Matty Martin and Ross Johnson out there in the same game. I was like, it's just too redundant for me. Like, let's, let's, and, you know, silly me, I should have trusted Barry, which everyone should do at this point. But uh, Barry yes. eventually figured it out. Yes, trust in Barry. Now, Christian, did you want to go somewhere else? You want to keep it with Leo Komarov since Andy brought it up? <laughs> want to stay I, there for a I minute? I wanted to ask something Hickey-related. but <laughs> Oh, but, okay, go ahead. Then we'll bring it to Leo. Obviously, uh, we're talking with Andy Graziano, former columnist for WFAN, covering the New York Islanders here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And, Andy, I did want to touch upon one more thing with Thomas Hickey, and we were talking about this before the before the break actually it was the fact that or, or the question that um does this 
performance from Thomas Hickey, again, understanding that it's one game and the sample size is very small, does it perhaps give you some pause as to whether or not he's one of the guys you do try and deal at the deadline in a bigger package to try and bring someone in? Or is it still this opportunity for him to kind of highlight why he should be a part of a bigger package that the Islanders use him to to, to pick up a, a, another forward perhaps? And maybe, and maybe that in itself is the genius of Lou Lamarillo, right? We don't know yeah. what his input was on this lineup decision. Um, we obviously know from Lou's comments last week that he is looking to be active in the trade market. I, I stress looking because every trade market every year ends up the, it's seemingly the same way. We hear all these names being bantered about yeah. and all these deals are going to get done. And then you see like 30 like minor deals come through and they have us all refreshing our right. Twitter all day for apparently no reason. Um, <laughs> So we don't know that aspect of it. My gut tells me that Lou had more than nothing to do with that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think there's really anybody on this team outside of, let me say, who we might think is untradeable um, due to maybe their contracts, Andrew Ladd, <laughs> um, that that he won't deal at this point. Obviously, you're not dealing Matt Barzal. Obviously, you're not dealing Ryan Pollock. I, I, I'm, I'm taking those guys you know, the obvious ones out of the equations. Sure, sure. I, I don't think there's guys like Hickey and Aho and guys like that. Even maybe Kiefer Bellows, I don't think is, is can be said is not, you know, on the trade market at this point. I would think so, for sure. What done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it serves two purposes, right? It serves a purpose for Thomas Hickey to kind of get out there and get back in game shape and show that he could be a part of this team. And on the same standpoint, it shows that to other teams as well that might be looking to acquire his services. Andy, sticking with the theme of the trade deadline, obviously the Islanders now are, are, are focusing in on finding someone to replace, not, not not necessarily replace, but kind of match the production that Anders Lee was putting up for the Islanders before he got hurt. Obviously the ACL injury to him that he suffered on March 11th against the New Jersey Devils for anyone who's been under a rock and hadn't heard the news <laughs> at this point. But where do you see the Islanders potentially going as far as a trade? Obviously, Taylor Hall, uh, Kyle Palmieri are the two big names that everyone's been focusing on. Forsberg has been another one that um, people have been throwing around. It's one name that I don't necessarily have a lot of uh, high hopes that the Islanders are going after, considering the contract and the, the cap situations that they mm-hmm. have. But in yep. your eyes, Andy, where, where do you see the Islanders looking? What deal is realistic at this point for the Islanders? You know... I've always thought that Kyle Palmieri was more realistic to me than Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we kind of know that Lou's first look is going to be to the rental market, somebody on a short-term deal. We know he's not going to want to take anybody with term, right. as Christian just pointed out, due to the contract situations coming up next year, unless you're dealing one of those guys back, maybe Beauvillier. I personally wouldn't give up on Beauvillier just yet. However, unless you're getting rid of a contract that's due, that's coming due, you're not going to look to take on anybody of term. So start looking at guys on maybe one-year deals. Um, you know, a guy that's of that that really piques my interest might be you call Buffalo and see if maybe you can talk them into prying a Sam Reinhart mm. off of them in some way, sending some of your bigger contracts back Buffalo's way. I'm hearing that Buffalo might be willing to take on some contracts. So in that situation, Reinhart would be a guy that I'd be keying on. I'd be looking def- – Palmieri, I just think, fits on a number of different levels, right? He, he fits, to me, perfectly on that third line right? J.G. Pajot and Ollie Wallstrom. He would fit perfectly in, in, a, in a Lou Lamarillo, Barry Trotz-type structure. His familiarity with Lamarillo is a big selling point for me. And the fact that he wouldn't have to move very far. Let's face it, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. At this point, that, that could be a selling point. Um, 
So Palmieri, Reinhardt for me would be a nice get. I agree with you, Christian. I don't think there's anything that the Islanders can move to get it. Forsberg, um, as much as I would love him on this club, I just don't see that happening. I've always loved Mike Hoffman. He's playing well in St. Louis. The Blues are doing well. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Maybe you call the Browns and see, uh, the, the Browns, the Bills, <laughs> the Bills. Look at the Bills. Two, what hey, the sure. hell? Sure, why not? All right, reset. Josh maybe, Allen coming to the New York Islanders. Maybe, he heard maybe it he can play wing. Maybe he can play wing. <laughs> maybe you call the Kings there we and go. check on Dustin Brown. All right, my brain is now working in its, it's okay, its Andy. If, now, if, if you watched all the episodes of this <laughs> yeah. show, you see you would have seen a lot worse. So don't worry about it. It's I, fine. I, I, I am amazed though. He was trying to get to the LA Kings. Somehow he went to Cleveland, their NFL team. Buffalo, their NFL team. A well, little known fact: Cleveland, they're named after Dustin Brown, the, the Cleveland Dustin I Brown. Failed yeah. I failed geography miserably in school. Um, it, it, it is funny. Maybe, it is funny. Maybe you call the Kings and check on Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown has a lot of leadership experience. He's been a captain. He's played with great players, obviously before. He's, he's played with Anze Kopitar for a while. He's having a terrific season. Maybe you check in on him. He'd be a nice fit for that third line as well. It's not the first time I've heard that name mentioned either. Certainly it would fit the leadership qualities that the Islanders are looking for, and that's one thing that when it comes to players that the organization brings in, it's always been almost equal. Character, character, character. It's equal as much as the skill set that they have is the character that they bring. And and it's one of the reasons why I'm with you, Andy. I don't think Taylor Hall fits the system. I think Kyle Palmieri, if anyone, really makes the most sense. But And especially – with, with the fact that Palmieri's contract doesn't have that much of a cap hit on them. They can go out and get a secondary player if they feel the need to, defensively or offensively. And in that vein, Andy, is there anyone else? Those are obviously the big, the top-tier targets that the Islanders would have. On a, on a lesser level, is there someone that you think Islander fans should keep their eyes out that Lou Lamarole might, might make a play for? Michael Granlin, perhaps. Um, I'm not really 100% sold on him being the, 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 the answer in this kind of system. I think the Islanders are an extraordinary case, right? Because if you look at, and I don't like to look at analytics on on a totality basis. I like to look at them in bits and pieces, kind of take my eye test and combine that with some analytics to kind of make make a kind of a full analysis. Um, like if you look at the Islander analytics, their Corsi is still kind of mid pack. However, you know high high danger chances for their first, high danger goals for their second. I mean, so it, it's kind of like that. What Trotz has talked about, you know, quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's kind of been how they've been winning this year, keeping the puck out of their net, increasing their high danger chances. Not only that, but capitalizing on their high danger chances. Um, on the same standpoint, you you have to bring somebody in, like you just said, Christian. That's right in the room, and it's right in this system. Not every player can play this kind of demanding system that Barry Trotz plays. We're kind of seeing it play out with with uh, Kiefer Bellows, right? Yeah. I mean, the guy obviously has goal-scoring talent. Um, I personally think his his first look, and, and this is me saying this, let's keep that in perspective, <laughs> but you know, my first thing for him would be his skating. Um, I think he really needs to improve in that facet. Um, however, he's a guy that's been known to have a, a great shot, can score goals, yet he's kind of found himself buried in this system. He's having a hard time picking up what Barry wants him to do on a nightly basis. Um there's kind of no other reason for me you would take him out of the lineup for Leo Komarov last night. Even though it's a game that you kind of thought was going to be a little more on the physical side. So maybe you want Leo's grid in there. Not only you put Leo in, you throw him on the first line. Um, I love it. 
I don't, you know. They won too, Andy. <laughs> six they to won one. six to one. Something <laughs> no, worse. I, I get it. I get it. And everyone's going to be screaming that it's the Leo factor, and that's why they won six to one. But I, 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 I mean, I'm going to be a heel and say just, that. <laughs> it kind of just gets to me. Like, it kind of just makes me think when when a guy like Ky- like Bellows gets iced out like that, um, as we've seen him the last couple of weeks, and yeah. then comes in, does a great job in the games he played, scores the ton of goals against New Jersey in a couple of games and yeah. and then all of a sudden gets taken out of the lineup again like you just you, you have to question that and think to yourself you know what is his long-term role here if he even has one at this point yeah that's all fair but I want to get back to this trade talk and these names that were mm-hmm. banded about it seems like the guys that both of you were talking about you're, you're talking about they're going to go on maybe the left wing or the wing for JG Pajot yep. right in the third yep. line and something we have to keep in mind here and maybe you were kind of Getting to an answer to this question, we'll find out soon enough. But let's say you pick up a Palmieri, you pick up one of those guys, and, and they, they slot in next to Pajot. Still got to answer the question of who's going to play left wing in the first line next to Matt Barzell. Is that going to be key for Bellows? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine there. I, I thought it was key for Bellows. I, I thought he did well in the audition. Um, and then, again, he, he gets pulled out of the lineup last night. So I, it's it's obvious that Barry doesn't feel that he's the every-game solution just yet. Um, maybe, you, maybe you slide an Oliver Wallstrom up to that line. Um, I know that they like the Wallstrom and Pajot combination. It's been working for them. But could you imagine what we've seen out of Oliver Wallstrom so far if you put him on that line with Barzal and Everly? The increase in chances he's going to get with that shot is scary. I think that that might be something that'll happen sooner than I perhaps thought it would just because of the trajectory that <laughs> yep. Wallstrom's on right now because he yep. just looks fantastic and I can't wait to talk about him a little bit more in depth later <laughs> but just again to keep it on here like there's a lot of good names you guys threw out there everybody you guys mentioned I'm on board for and you have another couple names I'd like to throw out there Nick Felino, I think Columbus kind of could fit that role mm-hmm. he's got a leadership role he's yeah. well respected over there in Columbus I yep. think he could play maybe a poor man's game to, to Anders Lee um, again, you're not going to replace him one for one. Uh, even even if you look back at Buffalo, Eric Stahl, I think, could be an option too. He has he has that leadership. He has the experience. He's a cup winner. He might be a guy that can help if you're looking more depth-wise. Um, but I think if you're looking to, quote-unquote, replace Anders Lee, you might have to shoot more for the stars where it's you know Taylor Hall, even if you don't like him, or, or Forsberg. And, and that may start with an Anthony Beauvillier if you want to get that guy yep. over here, especially yep. with another year on his contract. So... Again, it's it's never an easy job for a GM, but with Lee being out, I think it just makes it all the more difficult for him to sit down and be like, how am I going to keep this team a Stanley Cup contender as we go forward here? And that's the thing, right? Does Lou, and I know Lou believes this, the, the thing is, do we believe it, right? I mean, how close are they, really? Because let's face it, draft picks are a crapshoot. Draft picks are 50-50. We've had enough of this franchise stockpiling draft picks, 100%. making those draft picks and finding them not pan out. <laughs> whether that be a developmental issue at the Bridgeport level or not, I- I'm not going to question that. I'm not going to sit here and question right. Brent Thompson when sure. I'm sitting in my daughter's. Well, I got time for that, Andy, and he's sitting behind the bench in Bridgeport. So st- yeah. let's just stop with that. You know, like don't worry, I to- Twitter has you covered on that front. Oh my, nice. Yeah, well, I had somebody try to pin me to the wall the other night on Bailey. Like, why don't you write about how bad Josh Bailey is? I'm like, because that's not what we do. <laughs> that's not what they don't listen to us. Well, why don't you? Well, do you agree with me? It's not about it's not about whether I agree with you or not. It doesn't have anything to do with that. But um, <laughs> I think it's it's a matter of how close are they? You know, the draft picks enough with the draft picks. Get rid of them. get get rid of them. 
if it, if it costs draft picks to bring in players of that ilk and, and make a run for the cup, we saw how close they were last year. We're starting to see how close they might be again. I wish they would beat Washington a little more this year, <laughs> yes. but we're starting to see how good they can be again when they are on their game. And if it costs you draft picks to, to do that and make that serious run, I think there's no question you do that this year and, and just enough with the waiting around. Talking with Andy Graziano here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology. And Andy, it's certainly it's certainly a question to ponder as far as where the Islanders are is in terms of a, a win now team. And I think I, I Lou Lamarillo said that he thinks this is a win now team for the most part. I think this mm-hmm. is yep. in their mind a win now team of what they've built and the players that they have in it. But I, my con- question is, I, I think this is where everyone gets so wrapped up in the Forsbergs and some of the other um, what's his name, Ricard Raquel. Uh, sure, to yeah. another guy who's yep. co- who would come in on with term, although his contract is a little bit, I think, more friendly. I don't have the numbers yeah. directly in front of me, but his contract is a little bit more friendly compared to a Forsberg. And that's the thing. How tough is this job right now for Lamorello, considering that not only if, if he's talking about bringing in a guy with term, he's thinking about someone not only this season, but he has to consider next season and the, and the money that the Islanders will have or won't have going into next season. How much tougher does this make this year's deadline? And even going into next year, which we assume is going to be just as tough. I remember talking about this at Nauseam with Sean and Tony and yourself, Christian, when you took over for Tony. Every trade deadline, we seem to go over the same thing. Like, this is who they can bring in. This is who <laughs> yeah, they can yeah, yeah. This is who fit there. And as I said before, nine times out of ten, nothing ends up happening because <laughs> prices end up being too exorbitantly high. But Lou bucked the trend last year. He did. He did. Big and time. And the Pajot deal was huge. And I think that showed a lot of guts. And I think what what might make this a little tougher is in this kind of shortened coronavirus season that we're in, other GMs know the situation Lou is in now. We saw the unfortunate injury to Anders Lee, which to me looked like, it must have looked like the same thing to everybody. It looked like nothing. I didn't even, when he went down, I was like, what happened? And I saw the kind of the, the replay of him getting tangled up and I was like, you know, and then I heard a couple hours later that it was this, it was that. Next day I heard he was going for a second opinion. I was like, oh, second opinions are never good. And it turns out it was the worst case scenario. Yeah. But I think what makes it tougher for Lou is that every team in the league now knows what he has to do. Every team and every GM in the league is sitting back saying, we know what Lou has to do now. Lou's basically come out and said what he needs to do. So now we're going to hold him to the, and maybe the price goes even higher than it would have been, let's say, last week had Anders Lee been healthy. Um, I don't think anyone's out there to do anybody favors, um, especially Lou Lamarillo. I think right. kind of other GMs have seen him run roughshod in his days with the Devils, just kind of crushing the competition left and right. I don't think anyone's looking to do him a favor. So I don't think anything the Islanders acquire is going to come on the cheap. Like I don't think we're going to sit back if he does make a move, even a big move, and say, wow, that was a great deal. Like We didn't give up anything. Like I don't think that's a possibility at this point. I think it's going to be a pretty big cost. And so, yeah, I think he's got a tough job ahead of him. Um, and like I said, to keep this team in the Stanley Cup conversation, he needs to be up to that job. And that's what he gets paid for. Damn right, Andy. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. We have less than a month to find out what Lou ultimately yep. does with the trade deadline. But one thing I want to get your opinion on before, uh, before we move on is Matt Barzell and his continued disciplinary issues. He took another <laughs> double minor the other night, and it's, it's costing this team. 
Uh, you know, you could make an argument that maybe the Islanders didn't have to, you know, try to scrum together a, a comeback in the third period if he doesn't go on that four-minute four double minor penalty that night. And just yep. overall, throughout the year, you, you had Barry Trotz in his press conference not too long ago saying that this guy shouldn't be leading the team in penalty minutes. It should be Matt Martin. It should be Casey Zizekas, any literally anybody from the fourth line. <laughs> and, you know, he's he's... He's not learning from his mistakes. I mean, we're seeing this over and over, and we've seen it in overtimes. We've seen it in very critical moments in games. What's going on with this kid, and can he, I suppose, you know, turn this around? I think he. Look, I think he's obviously smart enough to turn it around. He's obviously smart enough to know the mistakes he's making. I, I, I think what concerns me are the stick infractions, the lazy yes, stick infractions, they're always the trips, the high sticks, the hooks. Like that that to be with a guy that skates as well as Matt Barzal does, he should never, ever get a hooking penalty. <laughs> never That's be a reason point. for yeah, him to be true. behind anybody and take a hooking penalty or a tripping penalty. Because he shouldn't even be in that position. Um I, I think you kind of take the good with the bad with a player like that. With a player that's that talented, with a player that's that light years ahead on your club in terms of talent level, I think you take the good with the bad, in my opinion. It's obvious his defensive game this year has gotten better. I don't think it's exactly where it where it needs to be or maybe where Barry Trotz wants it to be, but it's obvious in the games that I've seen and the work that I've seen him put in in the defensive end that he is focusing more on that aspect of his game. He did see that as a liability coming into this year, and he worked on it. Yeah, Give him a chance to work through this as well. You Give him a chance to learn from this. He's still a young player. He's not getting – what this won't do is help him get any respect from the officials, which he gets none already. This is right. going to even drive that down even further. However, I think this is the kind of situation where you have to let him learn from it. You have to expect him to be mature about it and get better from it. Um, hold his feet to the fire, yes. Make him accountable, yes. But to crucify him for it, uh, I'm kind of going to stop there. I'm going to stop at that point. Okay. It is certainly interesting, and, and maybe it's a good sign. You look at the penalties because Barzal's always kind of had those penalty issues in yep. the past. But you look at the penalties he's taking now, they're, as Andy's saying, they're much more they're, – they're, I don't want to use the word tactical, but he's trying to make a defensive play, and he's just not making the smart play. In the right. past, one of the big issues was that these were that he was taking emotional penalties. The things that were the – the penalties that he was going to the box for were things that – were even more cumbersome to a team uh, than just an infraction that you're taking while trying to make a defensive play. He was reacting yep. to kind of getting pushed around at times. And I think that's maybe, to Andy's point, that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that, that, that's kind of where he has to rein it in, right? Like, I understand his frustration level um, at the officials, at the way he sometimes gets pushed around at times. Look, we saw for so many years John Tavares take that. Right? Yes. We saw it. We yeah. saw John Tavares get just hammered and just hammered and hammered and nothing would be called. And that's a player that at the time had respect among the officials. I mean, what did really JT do to not earn respect with the officials? That's true. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of just like something he's just he's, he's got to push through it. Um, he has to push through it, learn from it, and I expect that he will. Andy, you mentioned John Tavares. I did want to I was I wasn't going to bring this up, but I am curious since you, <laughs> you mentioned his name. I'm I'm not sure if Voldemort. You, I'm sure <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it. you saw the Steve Simmons column up yep. in the Toronto Sun. I wanted to get your thought. It, it, I I read it. I, I vehemently, vehemently disagreed with with the column. I, I've always been someone who and I make no bones about this or I know whatever the phrase is. You nailed it. 
that I, I think John Tavares got a raw shake when he left, and I think that his his legacy here Uh-oh. has kind of been uh, been kind of unfairly unfairly. Tarnished, Andy, you busy on Sunday way. nights around eight o'clock. By the way, people, people things went down. You, people are dropping off as you speak, man. And <laughs> the pitchforks are out. <laughs> I felt like the the almost gleefulness of people's reaction to that Steve Simmons column was was a little much. I wanted to get your take on take on what you what you saw in that column. If it was fair, if, if the reaction was fair in your mind, Christian. You know, you and I have have known each other for what seven years now, and we've agreed on a lot. We've disagreed on some. We've agreed on more than we've disagreed on. I think. Sure. This is something that you and I are on the are right down right on the same page with. I mean, I'm I'm totally there with you. I I also think John Tavares was put in a position late. Well, let's make this perfectly clear. Toronto didn't enter the picture in, the, in that whole situation until very late. And that, that changed the whole game for John Tavares. Mm. Do I believe when he said four months earlier that he envisioned himself staying on Long Island, that he loved Long Island, that he wanted to stay on Long Island? Yeah, I believe all that. It's true. Then Toronto comes in late, and you have this chance to go play for your hometown team? Come on, we all saw the pajama <laughs> picture. Yes, we did. I mean, that's a dream. Any one of us would have done the same exact thing. And if you say you wouldn't have, you're a liar. You're just a liar. So I'm on the same page with you as far as Tavares goes. I saw what Simmons wrote. I just see the flames around the set, Bill. Yeah. As, as you I mean, continue here. Yeah, like, see, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so, getting really so, hot so in here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, let me say this about Simmons. I, he, he, he has been known to put out bait clicky stuff. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say he has, and it's true. That that column I thought was okay. It was I didn't read a it. little bit, a little bit rough. But there's some some valid some validity he did make in that. I think expecting John Tavares to score 100 points a season is not what John Tavares is going to bring you at this point in his career at, at this age. He's not Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. He's not. He, he's not Connor McDavid. I, I think they were kind of expecting him to be that. Um, would I have liked to see him in, a, in, in an $11 million deal for that term? No, but I, I don't like to see any player in that kind of commitment, financial commitment for the long term. So it's, it's not Tavares exclusive for me on that. Um, guy's still a point per game player. I, I'm not sure what else you're expecting him to do outside of, again, score 50 goals in 30 games and put up 120 points a season and challenge Connor McDavid for the heart which nobody's doing. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure what not else you expect the guy no. to do. By yeah. Hammering him like that is not going to make him feel any better about himself, his play, or his team. So I, I, I'm kind of I'm with you on this one, bud. Well, Andy, you were awesome tonight. appreciate you joining us. Great stuff as always. Great to see you again, even if it is digitally. Yeah. But awesome. um, <laughs> good to see you're doing well, and uh, hope to have you on again soon, huh? Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good one. All right, brother. Take care. That was Andy Graziano, former columnist over at WFAN and SNY covering the New York Islanders. So where do you want to pick up, pal? Well, I do want to just <laughs> I want to just finish this thought because I think, oh, okay. I think, I think Andy's right. And, Playing uh, with fire and here. Joe McGrath did ask, ask a question about it. Okay. As a writer, don't you write that a column to get the exact reaction? Yeah, and I, he does. I, no, but 100%. And I think it goes back to... It goes back to what we talked about when I when I was talking about the the um, the reaction to the the why can't I think of his name um, Spit and Chicklets podcast comments about Matthew Barzal. Oh yes, oh, right. Ryan Paul Whitney. Bissonette. 
Wasn't it Whitney oh, that said it? it? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, I guess it was. Whitney. It was one of them. But the, the okay. comments about the Islanders and people getting the, you know, kind of getting re- right. reacting to that mm-hmm. emotionally. Yeah. It's this. Yeah, it's the same thing, a hundred percent. But at the same time, it, it is frustrating to see a column like that because it, it kind of feeds into that narrative that John Tavares wasn't a leader. And I think that's what that column did. It kind of gave more. <laughs> it gave more fuel to the fire that he, he isn't yeah. a good leader. And I, I saw some comments from people that I, I respect and. You know, one of them was about uh, how they're not surprised anyone or anyone from Long Island could have told you. It was just it was a comment that was unnecessary. And anyone who was around Tavares for the nine years that he he gave his his heart and soul to the right. Long Nobody Island. looked at him as a non-leader until what happened happened. Right, right. And Everybody loved yeah. him until things went way south in a very short span of time. Right. But that horse has been beaten so far to death, not only on the show but just around these parts. You know, I don't want to belabor it too much, but I mean, it's, but it's, it's, it's valid. It's it worth, came up. It's Absolutely. worth noting again because it was brought to the forefront by this column that was that you was know, put out by someone who I like. Like like Joe said, it's a column that's written to get a reaction, and, and it did that. The, just, the, the Larry Brooks of Toronto. Anyway, but yeah, he's he's a guy who goes for for the reaction, uh, and I think that's uh, unfortunately Islanders took Islander fans took the bait and they kind of ran with a narrative that just isn't true or fair to John Tavares. Yeah. But let's put that one to bed because we got a lot, a lot of stuff coming up here, and we don't want to, we want to dwell on '91. We've been there, done that, you know. Well, I don't think but, it's but necessarily I, it's me funny that's that, dwelling on '91. It's no, no, no. I just don't want to go any further. Uh, but what's funny is until Andy said it himself, as we were talking about Barzell, I was like, this reminds me of '91 when he first came in, and yeah. he wasn't getting calls, you yeah. know, and and he was kind of uh, having a rough time with that. I don't know if he was playing as undisciplined as Barzell is now. No, I don't think but it was yeah, as pronounced. It was, that's the thing. It wasn't with when, him. With, it was it was more any infraction against him wasn't getting called. I feel like right. he had to like you know get his arm sawed off in order for yeah. a referee to and, make a, and, make and a call. And that was the thing. It wasn't though he was, it wasn't that he was getting called. He would get called for the reactionary reactionary penalty every now and then, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like Barzell early on where you saw him take a ton of reactionary penalties and you go, yeah. you just got to be better than that, dude. You can't react like that because yeah. you're 95% of the time, it's always the player that's reacting to a missed call or something they thought should have been a penalty mm-hmm. that's going to get called and sent to the box and it's going to hurt their own team. We've seen it a number of times in the NHL with any team. So that's a lesson you got to learn. And it's good that we saw Barzell kind of come out of that phase. Now it's just getting him to clean up that game. And Andy has pointed out, and correctly so, it's one of the things that he's focused on was being more responsible in the defensive end. Yes. And I think that's where some of these penalties are coming from. It's that he's trying to do the defensive things that he's not accustomed to. And in it, he's making those little mistakes that are costing us. You guys, you guys made a good point bringing that up. In fact, what I've noticed is a lot of these, these penalties that he's taking and, and the fact that they are stick infractions, mostly to the face. <laughs> Almost all of them are some guy's grill. And it's because... He's, he has a lot of failed stick lifts attempts. A lot of them, he's trying to lift a stick, and he ends up just swinging missing. and missing, and he goes right yeah. into their face. So does that mean, hey, Matt Barzell, stop trying to lift guys' sticks? No, but... practice. It's, this is a learning curve. Yeah, it's I mean, he's got to find a happy medium where he can be more successful with it, where he's actually making contact with the stick, <laughs> as opposed to a gentleman's neck or his throat or his face, because it's getting him into trouble. And as... Barry Trotz emphatically said he's got to be outside of the box. He's right. got to be on the ice. Look, he's their dude. He's their superstar. He's got to be on the ice creating chances, not giving the opportunity to other teams, you know, especially when it 
ends up four minutes because he got some blood leaking out of a guy's nose. You know, and luckily that didn't cost the Islanders a goal at that point in the game, if I if I remember that game correctly. But it certainly was interesting because that came almost immediately after the the previous game where Barzal was sat for the first yeah. eight or nine minutes of the third period after he took an infraction that that um, ended up costing the Islanders in in the second period. Right, but even, and even if Philadelphia didn't score on that opportunity, that's still four minutes. You're a man down. That's four minutes. You're not even strength having an opportunity to score yourself. No, no, I get that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So you know, it's something he has to reel in. It's just, it's just the reality. Um, you know, and and it's a tough spot for Barry because he disciplines him the game before, and then in a game like that, they're trailing. You know, you need him on the he, ice. Yeah, do you need it's to send tough. him a message again? It's, it's like, tough. okay, I got to keep him out there. Yeah, you know, so especially because outside of taking that penalty, he's still playing well. He's still creating plays. He's creating chances. It's not like he was dogging it out there. He just takes another crappy penalty. You know, so it's Sal. By the way, Sal. Uh, I can't say that last name. It's it's very uh, Canigliaro. There you go. Uh, it's because he he has a theory, and he says it's okay. because uh, Barzal is still pissed about getting his face cut up in the playoffs last season. Uh, that he, it's it's possible. It's, yeah. He may be exacting revenge on the rest of the league <laughs> because, because they messed up that GQ face. Yeah, hey, you know it, it could be possible. You never know. You can't rule it out. I don't think it's hurt him in uh, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, probably he's, not. Don't think he's lost too much of his good looks there. No, no, he's a handsome fellow. So <laughs> we got Pajot back in, as we've already discussed. Dobson's still out. We talked about Aho. We talked about Hickey. Um, let's see here. You had the the goal in the failed comeback for Aho. He got, got on the board. Not only that, he had the assist previously in the devil game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe it came as a, a slight surprise that they even brought Hickey in for Aho. Uh, I did see some commentary, though, that maybe Ajo was having some trouble defensively, so maybe they would just want to get another look. Well, one thing that Barry mentioned after the game the other day, and I did ask him about it, actually, what was the what was the process in, in putting uh, a hickey? Because you always hear him talk about the desire that lineup decisions come from, from matchups, right? He wants to put the best matchup out there, regardless of who what particular player it is. And he felt that Hickey is, while he's a small player, he has much more of a physical, tough brand than people give him credit for. And, yeah. and the Philadelphia Flyers, by no stretch of the imagination, are a tough, tough team to play against that, that plays a very physical style. And Thomas Hickey, while he is small, does know how to throw his body around a little bit here and there. And, and I think that's part of the decision why Trot said, all right, let's give Hickey a shot here in this instance and that's at least that's what he was saying after the game so certainly uh it was an interesting question i was a bit surprised too that that the hickey train had already kind of started on thursday like you mentioned there was some inclination or some banter that potentially thomas hickey could get back in the lineup against philadelphia in that first game and then to hear it again brought up and it seemed like it was more of a possibility on saturday that it it was a bit of a surprise there yeah yeah and look i i think um i think we're gonna see hickey back in tomorrow i think he's going to be back in oh i think so too and, I, and i'm rooting for the guy whether it's it's earning more rotation with the islanders because he's playing well or if he does end up in a deal where he actually goes to a team that's going to have him playing night yeah. and night out yeah you no know? he deserves it the guy has been a workhorse his entire career he's been um nothing but a dedicated islander since they acquired him in 2013 right before the lockout shortened season started that year and he's been he's been an asset ever since you know you kind of laugh, but Thomas Hickey has had some pretty big goals in Islander history over the course of his career, um, and and he's a guy that the Islanders have not only utilized defensively, but at times utilized in a forward position, which has always been interesting right. to see. Yeah, that's right. Wow, I forgot about that. That's funny. But I guess speaking of defensive gaffes, since we kind of talked about Aho possibly getting you know taken out because of that, uh, Scott Mayfield had a rough night 
He's had a couple rough nights. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm focusing specifically on Thursday night. The Islanders mount that comeback in the third period. They make it 3-3. to You have a questionable icing decision and ultimately leads to a goal, some missed assignment there in front of the net, and and, and you allude to the fact that maybe it just wasn't that one night. Uh, Do we want to um, give this guy a hard time? Uh, you know, uh, or or is this something that we just kind of let roll? Because Mayfield has been pretty steady outside of maybe the adjustment that he's making to now playing with Nick Letty on the other side as opposed to Devon Taves where, you know, people had a lot of good things to say about that pairing before Taves went elsewhere. It, yes, but at the same time, this is this is the point in time, and, and Scott Mayfield is not, not hidden the fact before the start of the season after the Devon Taves trade was that him, <clears throat> Boychuk, being on LTIR and essentially his career being over, Devontae's leaving and being traded to the Colorado, it opened up a lot of new avenues and a lot of new opportunities for the defensemen there that have been there in, in different roles. And Scott mm-hmm. Mayfield openly talked about wanting to kind of pick up some of the slack that maybe the Johnny Boychucks and left when he when he retired, quote unquote, or you know ended his career. And that's not necessarily been the case this season. And mm-hmm. I think it's fair to point that out. And, and the same way we talked about Josh Bailey a few weeks ago when we said that this is the first year maybe that people have legitimate criticisms of his play. Um, you know, right. I think it's equally, it's equally fair that <clears throat> Scott Mayfield, not, not that he's crucified, but certainly it's fair to point out the mistakes that have cost the Islanders and that he's not necessarily been the player that the Islanders need him to be at certain points this season. And that's, that's, a, that's a fair thing to do. Yeah, no, it is, and and thankfully, there hasn't been so much going on this season where you you, you need to harp on a guy too hard, right? right? We talked about it last week, especially the stretch leading up to these last few games where, I mean, most guys were doing their part, you know, one way or another. They were playing pretty well. There wasn't a lot to complain about. So if, we're, if you want to be a little nitpicky, yeah, I mean, there's been some spots where Scott Mayfield is, maybe could have had a better night d- defensively and whatnot, but I don't think it's like anything you have to be overly concerned about, like, big time, anything like that. It's funny enough, I've been joking a little bit, is that Mayfield, you talk about him, you know, filling the shoes of Johnny Boychuk a little mm-hmm. bit, I feel like, t- to some degree, he's kind of filled that that needless icing void <laughs> left by Johnny Boychuk, because he was kind of famous for that, and I've seen Mayfield uh, commit a couple of those now. I, again, I don't mean to get on the guy's, guy's back here, but... But, um, you know, just something I kind of took note of. But, no, I don't think it's anything that anybody really has to get overly concerned about. And I did see a question from Sal. Yes. Do you sit Mayfield for a game once Dobson comes back and leave Hickey in? I'll, I'll let you take that. I, I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about even taking Andy Green. And I, I don't think you do that, as, especially in this instance where you're taking, Tom, where you're taking Scott, Scott Mayfield out, who plays, I think, a very, much, a very different role than Thomas Hickey would play when he's in the, in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a good good decision to make because you lose some of that size you lose some of that physicality and like i said thomas hickey knows how to throw the body around he's a tough guy but at the same time you know scott mayfield is has a couple inches on thomas hickey by (laughs) by a long stretch so i don't think that's the right decision to make even if even if scott mayfield has had some bad games i don't think you do that i don't think it makes the most sense for the team and and the role that they would have to play because I think you put Thomas Hickey in a position where he's not going to be able to succeed because he's trying to fill a, a, a different role than what I think is the ideal position for him. When you look at the when you look at the player that came out a couple mm-hmm. of years ago in Thomas Hickey and the look at the player that went in Devontae's, mm-hmm. obviously different stages of their career, but it, their their style or the role that they're playing were very similar. This is not the case. If this is the the message sending, you'd have to be. You'd have to take someone else out. It's not, you know, maybe you take out a Nick Letty, for instance, if that's the player you're you're sitting. 
because you don't like the way they're playing. It's not Scott Mayfield for Thomas Hickey. I don't think that decision makes a lot of sense. No, I think you nailed that. I think you, you nailed that because... <laughs> No, for, no, no, for no, no, Joe McCrack just wrote in the chat. Thomas Hickey is half, half the person smaller than Scott <laughs> that's Mayfield. that's that's not it's far not, from yeah. from inaccurate or accurate, I should say. But no, you're right. It would kind of it would defeat the purpose because if you're going to bring Hickey in for anybody, it's going to be somebody like Letty right. or maybe Green. Yeah. Uh, not just because of the left side, but also because of the style of game that they mm-hmm. play. And it really, you know, Hickey's not going to fill that role. He's no, not. not at all. He, he would be more of a poor man's Nick Letty. You know yeah. what I mean? And I hate that phrase. Well, poor man's anything. Well, it's, it's, all, it's all we got right now. But, but uh, you know, I, I, think, I think you're right. And, Does that mean we're... And I, but that's also not to say I, I think Nicoletti has been underperformed. Like, there's a reason to put him in for right. Nicoletti. No, just we were just using him as an example. he was going to come yes. in, it would be for a guy yes. like him. Okay, good. So we're on the same page with that. So thanks for the question, Sal. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be spot duty, if anything, for Hickey. Or, and, it, and it's also ultimately going to rest on just how long Noah Dobson's going to be out. But at least we saw some good out of him. He had a good night. And yeah. perhaps if they do have to bring him back in, you know, we see some more of that. So it's good stuff. Absolutely. I agree with you, too. I think we see him on Monday night against the Flyers for, for the third game there in Philadelphia. And then it'll be interesting. It's a real crapshoot to see if we're going to actually have games in Boston this this week because it's it's right now we know Tuesday's not happening. We don't know where Thursday stands. I've been told by an NHL source that mm. right now they are there. It looks like Thursday will play, but, um, you know, things are still kind of up in the air, it seems like, for sure. Okay, well, the Islanders have done very well with breaks. Yes, that is, that's so. That's the I don't thing. think it's, it's necessarily it's worked, a bad thing. It's worked for them, so you take that for what it is. It's it's certainly worked for them. Yeah, and, uh, that you don't want to say it would be a good thing for them, but certainly the practice time is needed because they tend to go in and they focus on one. They hyper focus on one aspect of their game. Mm-hmm. Remember, it was the power play last time, and you saw they came out like gangbusters after yeah. that, that February that February right. break. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, um, I mean, the power play looked incredible after that. And then you come back around and you get a couple of days of practice here, potentially. Even even now, Monday, they they play in Philadelphia. They'll most likely come back to New York and have a couple of days in New York to practice before they even go to Boston. If they Again, if they even play in Boston that Thursday. So mm-hmm. and it, is, it, is, it is an opportunity there. And maybe it's an outside chance. It's one or two less games missed for Dobson. You know, maybe, exactly. maybe one of those games end up back on the schedule later that he ends up being able to get in as opposed to having to put in right. a replacement. So it could end up being a positive, even though we want to see as many Islander games as possible because we like watching, and that's why we're here. Yeah, no, no, 100%. <laughs> right. Um, right. Sal, Sal had another question for Hey, us. sure. Uh, he was asking about Jeff Carter, who has one more year left uh, after this season on his contract. Do you trade for him if it only costs picks and prospects and worry about the cap later? I want to be completely honest with you, Christian. I don't know the type of season that Jeff Carter's having right now. I know that the LA Kings are playing better than they had in the last few years, but because of this, um, I suppose, you know, complete in-division play that we've seen here, like, I have been so out of touch with the rest of the league, especially out west. I don't know I, I don't know anything other than the standings. So it's hard for me to answer that question because I don't know the kind of year he has. I know that he's a good player. I know that he... He brings a lot to the table. Again, the veteran stuff, the cup winner, all that kind of stuff. And at one point in time, he was a goal scorer. Uh, if he's if he's having a good year, it's something I would consider. He's not, to uh, steal a quote from this show, he's not at the top of my list. <laughs> wow, you paraphrased our own, our own show. Why not? Uh, Jeff Carter, by the way. Maybe you got a better answer for me. 29 games this for year. Sal. He has five goals, nine assists for 14 points. Now, not yeah. bad. You have to remember a lot of these players, whether it's Taylor Hall, whether it's Kyle Palmieri, whether mm-hmm. it's Ricard Raquel, um, 
all of them are playing on teams that have struggled this year offensively, and mm. all of them have kind of had down years, every single one of them. And I don't necessarily know if that's a reflection on the player as much as it is as the team that that particular player is on. Um, so, for instance, Boston is – I mean Boston. Buffalo is obviously a tire fire, so Taylor Hall has <laughs> struggled to, to – to, to create the offense he's been known for. Mm-hmm. Um, New Jersey has obviously struggled this year. They're one of the lower echelon teams when it comes to goals for, I think, I want to say before today, uh, mm-hmm. before they played the Penguins this afternoon, they had 69 goals for, which was about, I want to say it was 29th or 30th in the league, uh, in the league as far as scoring goals, goals for. And um, so obviously they're not putting up a lot of points, so that's going to impact a guy like Kyle Palmari, who's had... Um, you know, who's been a pretty consistent 20-goal scorer during his time in New Jersey. Uh, and, and Jeff Carter is an interesting case. He still has another year on his contract. I know that there's some guys over there having better years, like Kopitar has kind of come back. Right. He's, got a, he's putting a lot of points up, and, and Brown obviously was discussed earlier, so maybe he's part of all that. So is it a guy I, I, I don't consider? No. but Carter would come with a 5.27 cap hit as well this year and next year. And next year again, that's that's the that's. I don't the know question if I want Sal's to be tied asking. to that year, Jeff Carter. Like, if I'm going to put five point seven, you said five point two, whatever it was, five point two seven, five point two seven. I don't know if I want that going into Jeff Carter next year. It, and it's 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 he's not the player, and I I would say we, he would not be a guy that the Islanders should target in this instance, especially with the extra year right. on his contract. If you're going after a player, I mean, Raquel makes the most sense, and and that he does have a Definitely cap friendly. Sense. A, ca- a team-friendly cap hit. He is a guy that has been somewhat consistent in what he's able to do offensively. And again, playing on an Anaheim Ducks team that just hasn't been great this year um, certainly kind of hinders his numbers uh, and hinders his ability to kind of be the consistent player that he's been known to be uh, during the course of his career. So I think he's a guy that makes more sense if you if you were to try and bring someone in for an extended period of time. Yeah. So plus it gives you an option there on the third line once everyone's healthy Anders Lee back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, he can kind of slot right down to that third line and and maybe fit well in with, a, with an Oliver Wallstrom and a, and a J.G. Pajot in that role. But Jeff Carter's not on. Not, Jeff Carter's not even not on the top on the top of my list. He's not on my. He's list. not on the list. He's not on my list. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you there, buddy. I mean, you outlined all the reasons pretty much, and especially that extra year. Like again, yeah. I, I don't want to put commit that kind of money to him. In, in especially at five point two. If he's a rental, and you know maybe it's slim pickings because guys go other guys go elsewhere, stuff like right. that. Maybe it's a guy you look at, but yeah, not not on the list. And and if he is, he's he's towards the bottom for me. Um, but Chris, I think we should. Get to the hero. We have a couple other things to talk about. Maybe we'll get to the hero, and then we'll uh, we'll go to those things. What do you think? I think it's time for the hero of the week. It's time for the hero of the week. But before we do, I want to remind everybody that RJ Daniels is the place to watch Islander hockey this year. It's the place to be over in Rockville Center. they got $5.16 ounce Bond Rocker Ales, $14 Bud Light Pitchers, $17 domestic buckets, $4 domestic bottles or pints, and they got plenty of food, food specials as well. Head on down for Islander Games at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center from pregame until final horn or until 11 p.m., whichever comes first, but the game will be over by then. <laughs> that 11 o'clock is, is good now. It's open things up now. It's a little better. So, yeah, RJ Daniels, Rockville Center, excellent people, excellent staff, food's great. Good spot to watch some hockey. They get the sound going on over there, so make sure you head over if you're looking for a place to watch the Islanders. Now, if I was to want to hit the Hero of the Week music, which button would I hit? It's that purple one right there. We have color-coded buttons, everybody. See that purple one? You're going to hit that one, so you can hit that. Yeah, there you go. Nice job, buddy. And when you hear that song, go ahead. It's time for the Hero of the Week, brought uh-huh. to you by the Blue Line Delo Deli. <laughs> 
Blue Line Deli. You take right. Off Hero of the Week. That's right. Half Price Hero of the Week. Yeah, yeah. Both both apply. You want me to take it over from here? This week, the hero of Half Price Hero of the Week is the John, the Mr. Ledecky. Yeah, you should just do this. Okay, the the Mr. Ledecky. Brought to you by the Mr. Ledecky with turkey, ham, provolone, lettuce, tomato, mustard on fresh rye bread. Get it for half price all week starting tomorrow. That's Monday through Sunday where we'll announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop in and mention Hockey Night in New York for half-off the Mr. Ledecky. You'll get it one day. For the record, you have the information in front of you. I do well, not. I unlike was, others, I come prepared here. I was going off the cuff. Well, maybe you should make notes. Well, I don't. I usually maybe don't you do should that. make your and own. I was notes. kind of being sarcastic, and right? Because you're lazy. I was making fun. It's of you. fine. It's fine. We we know we know who's doing the work behind the scenes, folks. Still it's fine. me. <laughs> All right. So I actually do remember that you went first last week, but I think right. this is going to be an easy one. I think I think we're going to be on the same page here because I mean, what a story coming out of last night. Thomas Hickey getting in. I mean, you kind of got to go for it, right? Especially the fact that not only does he play, and overcoming all those emotions, the fact that he's, he'd been out for so long, he's been itching to get in there. He, he gets in the score sheet twice. And not not your, you know, just kind of lucky secondary assists. I mean, he was right in the mix, right yeah. in the play. Both primary assists. Uh, he was he was very noticeable out there in, in, a, in a positive way. So easy one for me. Thomas Hickey is my hero of the week. And it's Thomas Hickey across the board. He is also my hero of the week. And There you go. There's not too much more we can say about Thomas Hickey considering how much we've talked about him for <laughs> this entire show and the impact that he's had not only on the ice, but I think the, the spark the nice spark job. that nice he uh, he gave the Islanders uh, in the locker room as well. You yeah. Know, the Islanders often talk about, the team often talks about, and the players often talk about what a fa- you know. A, uh, the chemistry they have in that room and the family atmosphere that they have in that room. And Thomas Hickey is, uh, is a guy that's been there for a majority of a lot of these guys' careers when it comes to Anders Lee, when it comes to Casey Zizekas, when it comes to Matt Martin. A lot of those guys, he's been there and he's seen them develop and grow and he's been a part of those teams that have won and, and had some big moments even before their run to the Eastern Conference Final last year. And I think that there is not a... a person in that room cases Zekas as well um there's not a person in that locker room that wasn't excited to see him not only get into the game but have the impact that he did considering the emotional emotional impact that it had on him as far as his brother passing away a year ago as far as the fight to get back into the lineup as far as yeah. the mental toughness it took to get him there to this point which he even admitted after the game and, and talked about how it was yeah, a drain on very him, forward uh, yeah and um it w- was a drain on him and it was certainly Something that he was wasn't sure was going to happen again, uh, which was which, uh, like you said, very candid, a very candid comment there by Thomas Hickey. So I, I think it's no stretch of the imagination why he's our hero of the week unanimously. Yeah, there you have it. I think folks. our first unanimous hero of the week since Ilya Sorokin a couple weeks ago. I believe you're right about that. We 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 had conflicting picks the last couple of weeks, but this one was easy. Yeah. You know, I no, think, uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, and you had some, you know, good, worthy, honorable mentions. Casey Zizekas with the two goals against the Flyers, and he, you know, again, this it seems like at least one guy from that line is still chugging along, still doing well. So, and you can go down the line too, Oliver Walsh. And we haven't talked about him yet. He dropped the gloves. Yeah, in a fight that he won. I mean, the guy's doing it all. I love it. I, I can't say enough about it. I mean, definitely got a little. Uh, little uh, man crush going on the young Oliver Walsh right now because he's playing so well. So I hope he keeps it up. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think everyone... <laughs> Respond, please. I think every, I, I think everybody wants him to keep it up, Sean. Okay. That's a pretty obvious... Sometimes we state the obvious. Pretty obvious comment. So, once again, folks, 
Thomas Hickey, <laughs> your hero of the week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, half-price hero, the Mr. Ledecky, as you can see. Well, you could see on your screen, but now Thomas Hickey's blocking the way. But turkey, ham, provolone, lettuce, tomato, mustard on a fr- on fresh rye bread. Mention Hockey Night in New York when you go in this week, and you can get it for half off. So there you have it, folks. Which is why we call it the half-priced hero of the week. Yeah, we, we had to think that one through. Half but we finally hero, settled on a, on a name, the half-price half hero. Half-off? Half know. off. I mean, again, it's it's it's. There's no strict. What did you write here. down? It's it's half price hero. Half <laughs> okay. price hero. Yeah. If okay. you took notes, you would know that, but you don't. I so don't. We'll, we'll move on from there. So didn't take notes in school. So didn't take notes now. Well, that explains a lot, actually. So, <laughs> so, Oliver Wallstrom. Anything else you want to mention other than what I just did? The fight, still scoring goals. Still no. Good? I think it, I think it was actually. I, I don't want to say hysterical, but it was certainly a, a real grit moment for Oliver Wallstrom to drop. Didn't see that coming. There. Did not see yeah. that coming. Uh, at all. It certainly wasn't something in his repertoire. I'd be curious. I didn't get a chance to look it up, but I would be curious to see when the last time he had a had a fight yeah. in his career was. Yeah. Because yeah. that I, I can't imagine it's been um I can't imagine it's been something that has happened a lot over the course. It looks of his like career. you're trying to look that up right now. Well, I was trying to do it stealthily, but you decided. No, it that. looks like that's no. That's fine because I can also mention at this point in time that Dangerous Arnick got back into the lineup on Tuesday, but then he ends up coming out because Barry Trotz, you know, d- did a little line shuffling. So, Actually, my name oh, is excuse Austin me. Powers. It says your name, Danger Powers. Dang. No, 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 no. Danger's my middle name. Oh, it's his middle name. My mistake. I I, I forgot. It's it's Austin Danger Zarnick. So did that give you enough time? Yes, we could have done that a lot more smoothly where you didn't throw me under the bus like that. But, yeah, last time he got into a fight was October 12th, 2019, when he was in AHL Bridgeport when they were playing. uh, Okay. He had one at the bridge. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, certainly, it's certainly been a while. There's not a lot on his fight card when it comes to the – they were playing the Charlotte Checkers that night. And when it comes to his fight card, he only has – Let's see here. It looks like he only has three in his entire career. Okay, well, I have to say he acclimated himself very well in that fight last night. I don't know what kind of fighter Lindblom is, but he took care of him. He did. That he did. So certainly another 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 skill set in his... Another feather in his cap. There you go. Another tool in his tool belt. There you go. We, we like to bring the cliches out here on Hockey Night in New York. Any thoughts on Bellows getting take out, taken out of the lineup? It was an interesting thing. Andy obviously was talking a, yeah. a little bit about it before with, with the decision to put Leo Komarov, and it worked. Leo certainly plays a role. I know people don't like that role. <laughs> they don't like to see him in the lineup too much over a guy like Kiefer Bellows or someone else, but it is what it is in that uh, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's it, – it, it, he's a curious case. He's a curious case because you certainly seemed like – it certainly seemed like he was going to be a guy that – in the Oliver Wallstrom position right now, that he was going to be the one that the young guy that runs with the op- the opportunity that he was given by Barry Trotz, and it, it's panned out sometimes. It hasn't panned out other times. And again, I think it may may more or less go back to the matchups when it comes down to it. The same way Thomas Hickey was played over Sebastian Aho, Aho mm-hmm. against the Philadelphia Flyers, it might have just come down to to the, the matchups that were going to happen that night. So. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't read too much into it. I guess. You don't think he did anything to warrant being taken out of the lineup? No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. That's fair. So we'll probably see him back in soon, depending on the the matchups. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, again, Barry Trotz has made no bones about the fact that the matchups kind of dictate what's going to happen, whether right. it's goaltending, whether it's lineup decisions. Matchups are one of the big things that they look at. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. okay. Ilya Sorokin got himself another win. His winning streak continues. His numbers look great. That it has. And he, he again, he's getting better and better, and you're seeing him, I think, get more and more comfortable in the NHL. And that quick acclimation, too, you think about it, that's seven wins for him now after a couple you know, a couple rough starts. Not even mm-hmm. rough starts, but... Where <laughs> people were ready to send him back to Russia. Yeah, <laughs> games that were... Where his first game, obviously, we talked about ad nauseum about how you know gets thrown into the fire. The second game looks better, but the offense doesn't put up any numbers in front of him. Third right. game, same thing, and then mm-hmm. you finally get to see him get a win. And I think the confidence has kind of rolled from there. And obviously, having a guy like Semyon Varlamov, and you've seen these these little instances where the two of you know congratulating each other after games and after wins. I think it really shows the relationship that they have. And while it's tough to kind of really get either one of them to talk about how impactful that relationship has been on each other, I think it's pretty obvious at this point what a what a impact Semyon Varlamov has had on Ilya Sorokin's yeah, career definitely, definitely. early on here with the New York Islanders. For sure. And we don't have to recap the games, but we are three games now into the post-Anders Lee world here since he's gone down. They obviously lose 3-1 to one to the Caps. They had the rough game where they can't com- complete the comeback against Philly. That's two in a row. And they finally get back on the winning ways last night when they completely rout the Flyers 6-1. to one. So... I guess in this short sample size of Lee being out of the lineup, is there anything you're seeing out there maybe that you know you can be encouraged by, that you might be concerned with? And I guess it ties into also just this all this trade deadline talk that we're doing. I mean, it's a huge hole to fill, and you know what's, what's it going to continue to look like here as the season goes on with Anders Lee out of the lineup? I think they're five games into life without Anders Lee. Maybe you're right. They, because he went down on March 11th. Okay. He didn't play the 13th, didn't play the 14th. Play oh, it was the first game against the Devils? Yeah. Okay, my mistake. We make mistakes here It sometimes. was that home game, and the only reason I remember it was because it was the first game that they allowed people back in the stands. Okay. It was the health, All right. it was the thank you healthcare heroes worker game. Okay, same question game. still applies, though. No, no. <laughs> I, I was just pointing I'm, it out. No, I'm glad you cleared it. I was pointing it out just for a frame of reference. Um, because I had written earlier today, I was like, did I mess up? Did I put... No, nah, it was probably me. Um, but I think, I, I think the Islanders have looked a little off, to be honest, up until last night, they've mm-hmm. looked a little off as they've adjusted to life, not only without Anders Lee, but without Noah Dobson as well. So it's part of it. I, for sure. I think that it's taken a bit of an adjustment and the Islanders have kind of gotten out of their own way and gotten out of some of the maybe intricacies that they weren't doing mm-hmm. well or, or correctly with, without Lee in the lineup and certainly adjusting to these different scenarios. But, um, Sun Saturday's game was obviously promising. You need the Islanders to continue that effort and continue that uh, that ability to find the back of the net and uh, find that leadership role. And you saw them kind of talk about Friday about trying to fill that leadership void mm-hmm. that Anders Lee leaves because he's such an integral part um, of the Islanders locker room and of the leadership group in that room. And it seems like maybe someone, someone or some a group of someone's have stepped up and started to fill that role because Saturday's game looked in very different from. Thursday's game, which looked different from Tuesday's game, even even the game before that, the one they won in in New Jersey mm-hmm. over the weekend. So, uh, I think it's been a bit of a transition, a bit of an adjustment. I think yeah. that's partially played into why the Islanders have struggled of late the last few games. I agree, and we got a comment from Joe McGrath one and one that ties into this whole trade deadline talk. Broussard with the hat trick last night is he a guy you look at bringing back potentially to side next to Pajot <laughs> as they had a little bit of chemistry previously? Right, sure, but I don't necessarily know if that that fills not at the top of the list. It's not it's not the top <laughs> of the list, but I don't know if it necessarily fills the the, the void that honors Lee leaves. No, no, and I think that's the, not. that's probably a minor move that's made. If mm-hmm. anything, if they have the the cap right. room to do it. 
I'm sure the Islanders, you know, I know there's a lot of talk that the Islanders and Broussard were looking to possibly reunite mm-hmm. before the season started when, right. they, when, they, when they were going through free agency and whatnot. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, but I don't necessarily know if it's it's Lou Lemerel's top prior, priority. I wouldn't think so. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And a quick look ahead. Obviously, Philadelphia, Monday. Yes. We talked about the cancellation on Tuesday yes. against Boston. May happen again on Thursday. Right. Whether or not that happens, you got the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. Yes. What say you about this little schedule potentially to change ahead? I mean, I, I all bets are off at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if the game on Tuesday and Thursday is, is there's some sort of impact from the COVID issues. Um, you Do know. you think they'll get six of eight points? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, depending on the game. <laughs> Do you want to math it out real quick to see if it's impossible? It's not possible. (laughs) That's good. That's a good start. I understand (laughs) it's not possible. I get it. You're making a joke. Ha, ha, ha. You're funny. Wow. Um, I I, I think it's going to be tough because Pittsburgh's tough still. Philadelphia's Especially against the Islanders. Yeah, yes, right. And back in Pittsburgh, back in the Steel City. And um, I I don't know. I could see them taking. See, here's here's the caveat. I could see them taking three of four Mm -hmm. with the idea that Thursday's game gets canceled, and then if it doesn't get canceled, I could see them taking five of six. Okay. I mean, that's pretty good to me. I would say they beat, they win the Boston game if it's played. Okay. I would say they win Philadelphia if it's played. I mean, that'll be played. They'll beat Philadelphia. Right. And then I think Pittsburgh is the one that goes to overtime and they lose in overtime or something. (laughs) Well, that's been their MO this year is losing to Pittsburgh in overtime. So you might be right about that. But I like it. Um, I'm going to say there's probably only going to be three games this week. Okay. Actually, no. Actually, two. I think there's only going to be the two, Philly and and Pittsburgh. Okay. So I'm going to go, yeah. No, you know what? Four or four. They're going to beat both teams. They're going to be Philly, and they're going to be Pittsburgh. And if they play the Boston Bruins? Then I'm going to go five or six. Ah, so we're on the same page. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Oh, I mean, we're on the same page. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> Not more or less. A little on, bit. We're on the same page. Yeah, kind of. If there's three games, we are. If there's two games, we're not. It's a, it's a big difference. Huge difference. Well, we're sort of on the same page. Yeah, sure. Well, we both failed last week. They didn't. They didn't get... They didn't get, what was it, four of six? They got two of six. We were both wrong, even though it took you a little while to get to four of six because you were really pulling for that six of eight and just wasn't there. <laughs> just didn't have it. Just didn't have it. So just going through the notes real quick to see if we have anything else. But I think we might be good unless there's anything else you wanted to chat about. Anything else? We pretty much tied everything together. So I guess with that, folks, cue the music. I want to thank you all for tuning in to Hockey Night New York at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And of course, you listeners out there on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the rest. Big thanks to Andy Graziano for joining us talking Islander hockey. And let's see. I want to thank our big sponsors here. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Go on down for great food, great people great service check out the menu bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey themed heroes and a huge thanks to Thai Technology a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country check them out at thaitechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service three free months of service and once again thanks to all you guys listeners once again if you're still just doing the audio stuff give us a shot here on the video stuff a lot of fun as you can see we have the live chat going have a lot of fun with that we'll get some questions in really good time there twitch.tv slash hockey night and why 
And if you're enjoying yourself on the audio end of things, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Follow Christian at C underscore Arnold 01 on Twitter. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. And follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye.